You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Amen. You may be seated. The lack of room for Jesus is an age-old problem. Would you agree? The lack of room at Christmas time for Jesus is an age-old problem. There is still today a severe issue of overcrowding. Would you agree? Absolutely. Our minds are overcrowded with news and information. Our hearts are overcrowded with innumerable concerns and fears and anxieties. Our schedules are overcrowded with things to do, people to see, money to spend. Malls are overcrowded with shoppers. Highways are overcrowded with traffic. Airways are overcrowded with noise. Companies Many of you can relate to this. Companies are overcrowded with end-of-year goals, quotas, and paperwork. If you're there, say amen. Yeah. Electronic devices are overcrowded with information, commercials, and videos, and the next awesome thing to buy. There is so much overcrowding that the risk and the danger for all of us, for all of our families, and even even for us as a church, is that we overcrowd our lives and we don't have enough room in our personal inn. We don't have enough room in our personal lives for the Savior of the world who made room for us. And if we want to change that. I'm just going to speak by faith that 99.9% of this room wants to change that. They don't, you don't want to miss Christmas. And so in order to have that kind of incredible Christmas all year long, there are some major keys that we need to add to our Christmas season and our schedules and our families and the key keys have been covered in the last two weeks of this series. And then we're going to see the third key today. And next week we're going to cover the fourth key of joy. But the first key we uncovered, or shall we say we discovered, is making room in our minds. Can you say making room in our minds? Making room in our minds. Yeah, this is a participatory experience, by the way. We want you to participate. Making room in our minds is all about embracing and understanding, embracing and understanding in our minds what really took place that first Christmas to make it such good news. The gospel, the Bible calls it. Good news. What makes it good news? We have to embrace and understand that, and we have to embrace and understand that this good news is trustworthy news. It has been proven time and time again. 
The second key is making room in our hearts. Can you say making room in our hearts? Let's say it together. Making room in our hearts. This is all about taking time to slow down, to welcome the Savior, which Christmas is all about, into our hearts as our Savior, as a personal relationship. No matter how busy we may be, no matter how crazy the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season, no matter how many distractions or all the mental 101,000 things that we need to get done this season, no matter what it is for you, you can make room in your heart for Emmanuel, God with us. You see, when we make room in our hearts during Christmas and all year long, we understand what Emmanuel means. That God is not just some distant God. He is God with us through the Savior, Jesus Christ. And today, we're going to discover the third key, which is making room in our schedules and our families, which is probably going to be the most challenging of all four weeks, just to give you a heads up. So let's just say this together, making room in our schedules and our families. Ready? Making room. Yeah. We got to make room in how we plan and how we spend our time. And I would like, uh, I'm going to show a video in just a minute, but I'd like for us just to bow our heads and just quiet ourselves, quiet the distractions You may even be thinking of all the lists and the tasks that you have to get done even today. And I would just challenge you to be still before the author of Christmas, the author and finisher of your faith, the one who came for you and died for you because he loves you. So Father, we just still our hearts. We want to hear from you God, I pray that people, each, every, each individual and every family would today experience the incredible life change, the incredible peace and joy that the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, brings. Now open our hearts to you. Open my mouth and fill it, Father. Make me a vessel, a conduit, of what you have to say, and I pray that Christmases that are represented here in this place, on live stream, and anyone listening, that their lives and their Christmases would be changed because of making room for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Watch this video. Finally, a few minutes to tackle some Christmas shopping. Okay, let's see. Already? Can't do that and be ready for the party tomorrow. Josh has wanted this forever. gifts to buy. So little time. And Shirley. I'm gonna have to call her later. 
All right. Dollhouse for Zoe. Let's see, who else? No time for that. Gotta get to the mall before they close. A little something for my hubby. Maybe I'll finish the deck now. Everywhere. They'll have to get by without me this week. Okay. Who else is there? Hmm. What else? I know I'm forgetting someone. Don't miss Christmas. Don't miss it. Don't miss Christmas. Don't miss it. I have missed so many Christmases. I have missed so many Christmases. Not this year. And so I share from just experience and I share from my own life and our family of how we're slowing down to not miss Christmas. Because you see, we work up and we rev up and we get excited and anticipate this incredible day. We wrap all the gifts, we prepare all the food, we decorate, we get so excited. And then the gifts are open, the lights come off, the tree goes down, the food gets eaten. A lot of it anyways. And then all of a sudden we feel this disappointment and this like almost this like lull. And we get so depressed by the time New Year's comes around that we're going to just give some New Year's resolutions to make that go away. That's not the heart of Christmas. And just so you don't think this is a legalistic message, I want us to understand that it's not about, it, it, there's nothing wrong, shall I say, there's nothing wrong with gifts. There's nothing wrong with wrapping them and taking fine detail, especially if your love language is gifts. Or the person you're giving to has a love language of gifts. You take time because it's important. Do you know that the first Christmas was all about the spirit of giving? For God so loved the world that he... For God so loved the world that he... One more time. For God so loved us that he... And so you must follow suit and give. There's nothing wrong with gifts. There's nothing wrong with Christmas parties. There's nothing wrong with Christmas concerts. There's nothing wrong with Christmas events and activities. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Why? Well, that first Christmas, it was all about bringing unity. Spending time with those that we love. Drawing closer in fellowship with one another. That's the heartbeat of Christmas. However, there is a major danger and risk. Because the issue is when Phil Nelson allows himself to be overcrowded, caught up, and distracted by the Christmas season, Phil misses Christmas. When you become caught up 
in those things of Christmas. When you get distracted and overcrowded by the things of Christmas, as awesome and wonderful and even Christ-driven as they are, when you get caught up, you miss the person of Christmas. You miss the heart of Christmas. And I'm here today to tell us all to shout it out in pleading to all of you, my loved ones, my friends, my family, my community, don't miss Christmas. Don't miss it. Don't, don't miss it. You will regret it. And then what are we telling our kids when we miss it every year? We're telling them that something is more important than the things we skipped over. And so I would like to spend the rest of our time together looking at two things, just two things. Number one, how do we plan and spend our time for Christmas to not miss Christmas? And the second one is literally just some practicals for us to take home with us this season to make sure that we don't miss it. And so I'd like to first look at a group of people in the Bible. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Luke chapter 2. That is the Christmas chapter of the Bible, especially in Luke. All the Gospels tell the account of the nativity at just different angles and different perspectives. But we're going to look at a group of people at the first Christmas who did not miss it. And then as we read together, I want you to try to find what it is that they did, what it is that happened to them, to where Christmas was not missed. Okay? So let's do that together. Let's read. It's going to be from the English Standard Version. It will be on the screen, but you can pull up your uh, favorite Bible app as well on your phone. If you'd like, you can have your phones out in church and take notes all you want. So let's read together. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. Yeah, please read with me. Keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Stop right there. And now you were reading with me. Now just follow along with me, because I don't want you to miss it. Fear not. For I bring you great news of great joy. The gospel is all about great joy. And when we miss Christmas, the one thing we lack is joy. Just think about it. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for what? The shepherds and the wise men and all the holy people that have it right and have their lives fixed up. No, I've come for the broken, the messed up, the jacked up, the, the, the confused, the addicted. He came for the world and all people 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior that they have been waiting for for thousands of years. Seriously. They knew what this message was all about. They had been waiting for a Savior. They just didn't know what to expect. And the angel said to them, I bring you good news, great joy, the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Stop right there. You need to try to just grasp. Put yourself in the narrative for the minute. You are shepherds, by the way. And what that means for you in our culture as shepherds is you were the lowest of the totem pole. You were. You were outcast. All of us. I mean, someone taking care of the stupidest, the dirtiest, the poopiest animals. No one wants to. They're defiled amongst the Jews. They are dirty and filthy and rejected from the temple of any kind of worship. Making the parallel? That's why Jesus calls us sheep. (laughs) And he's the great shepherd. And so what's so awesome about this that we can't miss, we can't miss, they're saying shepherds, the lowest of the low, the filthiest, the chief shepherd has come for you. For you, the shepherds never received such news. They were always rejected and told to go elsewhere. Get your life in order, is what they would hear. But now the Savior of the world has come. Let's not miss this either. Since there was sin in the world, God was only confined to one place, and that was the temple. The tabernacle, the glory of the Lord was there. He wanted to be with his people, but he couldn't get close enough to sin because a holy God cannot mix with sin. And so one time a year, the most holy priest would represent the millions of people and go into the holy of holies where God's presence resided. The people knew God was there, but they didn't experience him. He was from afar because of their sin. You see what I'm saying? And so now they're saying that the Savior of the world, God himself, can be found. What? He's here outside of a temple? God is here. This is incredible, life-changing news. And don't miss what happens in this moment when the angels declare that God now can be found. What happens? The skies split open, and the angels worship. There is good news when heaven opens and angels begin to worship. Why are they worshiping? Because we have no idea what is about to happen. The goodness of God, the mercy and favor of God And suddenly there was the angel of multitude, verse 13, of heavenly host, praising God and saying, let's say this together, verse 14, glory to God in the highest, everybody, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Yeah. 
Now continue, verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem. They did not say, oh, that was great. We got other things to do. They said, let's get off our carcass and go because we don't want to miss it. And they went with haste. What does that mean? Yeah. They drank a couple Red Bulls. <laughs> and they started going. They put a little, little, uh, little kick in the step, shall we say. Yeah. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, don't miss it. When they experienced what the angels had told them, which was foretold hundreds of years before this very moment, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. What they're saying is they worshiped and glorified God for what they were allowed to experience by God. That they were favored and loved enough to experience this most incredible, life-changing in all of history moment. Glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen as it was told to them. And so I would like to share with you just a few questions that I have been asking over this Christmas season that I would like for you to ponder. The first one is this. Why is it that at Christmas time, most of us miss the great joy that Jesus brought with him for you and for me? Why do we miss it? Why at Christmas time? Why at Christmas time does it become a time when we focus on everything but worship and adoration for the one who stepped into the darkness of our sin, world, and lives? Stepped into the darkness of our lives and gave us hope of being rescued from the curse of death. You, 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 there's been a lot of death happening in this community. Way too much especially by suicide. People have lost loved ones all over this place. Jim and Annette Salmons just lost their mom. And they're with family right now. Several people in this church have lost loved ones. I have done probably close to 15 funerals and there is not another time where people are more open to the truth of what happens when we die. We have to understand the curse of death. And when we understand that Jesus came to die our sinner's death and lift the curse of death, now we can experience Christmas. Amen. But why is it we, we focus 
everything and anything on everything but worship and adoration. Because when we do, we miss it. The next question is this. Why do we rush to everything and anything and never find a time to get away and reflect and be still on the heartbeat of Christmas? Because when we don't do that and we rush to everything and anything, we're in a hurry for all the wrong things. We will miss Christmas. So why do we seem to miss Christmas every single year? Think about that. Why do you seem to miss Christmas year after year? Could it be? Could it be that we are missing something the shepherds didn't? Could it be that you and I and the church of Christ is missing something the shepherds didn't miss? And so what I want to do is I want to look at what the shepherds did and what happened to them to where they didn't miss it so that we could learn from them. We can glean from them and not miss Christmas all year long. And so my prayer is that you would receive these things into your mind, into your heart, into your soul, into the very fabric of your being. Because if you do these things sincerely and genuinely, and you make time to plan and spend your time this way, you will not miss Christmas. 100%. You will not miss Christmas. And so if you don't want to miss Christmas, follow along with me. The first thing we see the shepherds do is they stopped and they listened. Christmas nowadays has nothing to do with stopping except traffic. <laughs> has nothing to do with being still at all. Why do you think burnout happens most at the end of the year? They stopped and they listened. Now, you may be arguing right now in my mind, well, Phil, if we had a multitude of angels filling the sky right in front of us, we'd stop and listen too. No, you wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. Maybe for a little bit, but I want to argue with you. I really do not argue with you. I want to give an argument. I think we have it better today than the shepherds had it with the angels. I really do. Why do you say that? Well, because God was contained in the temple. They did not experience a relationship with God at all. We now have something that the shepherds did not have. We have the full story, the beginning, the middle, and the end. They just had the beginning. They did not know what was coming. They didn't know how it was all going to work out. They didn't know, really, that the Son of God was really, even though it was prophesied, they couldn't put their minds around that he would literally die on a cross and shed his blood and be put in a tomb. And then on the third day, the tomb would be empty and he would conquer death and he would rise and be resurrected and then he would ascend to heaven and then he would send his Holy Spirit. They didn't know that. We have that, guys. 
We have that. We have the word of God, the precious love letter from God. We get to see how it ends. We get to see it unfold. And secondly, as I mentioned just a minute ago, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You see, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God, and Jesus said, I must die and go, and the disciples had no clue what he was talking about, but he said, if I don't go, I can't send the powerful, mighty presence of God who will be your counselor, who will be your help and be your comfort and your guide, who will give you power to live this life in victory and joy. The shepherds didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. They just had the angels, which was good enough for them. You have the Word of God, and you have the Holy Spirit. Is it good enough for you? Then don't miss Christmas. Don't miss it. How it grieves the Father's heart when he's given us everything we need for life and godliness, and we still miss it. We're sheep. We're sheep. The second thing they did is they hurried. They went They intentionally planned, and they sacrificed. They dropped everything they were doing. I believe that they left most of their sheep because the sheep slows everything now. And so they probably just brought a few with them. They planned it. They intentionally prioritized going. And this wasn't just like from here to Main Street in Blanchester. This was days. Days. Of going, and I don't believe they even stopped. They hurried and they made it intentional. Hmm. You, you see, they were on a mission. What about you during Christmas time? You're on many missions. You, you, if you're like me, I, I have so many missions, I get confused on what mission I'm supposed to be focusing on. Hello? I get distracted so quickly. And if we're distracted, we're not going to drop what we're distracted with. Miss Christmas. The third thing we see that they didn't do, but what happened to them is they were changed. They were changed. Now, this changes me when I see and understand why they were changed. So these shepherds knew the prophecies long foretold hundreds of years from people called prophets who would hear the voice of God and declare it before it even happens. They knew this prophet called Isaiah 200 years before this very moment. Get that. 200 years. We don't live over 150 years. 200 years, they're waiting for this prophet to come to pass. And what they knew the prophet say is this, for to us a child is born 200 years before. Get it? We see the full picture. We don't understand how they're waiting and longing for this to happen. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. I love that because you know what Colossians 1 says about Jesus, the son? It says, by him all things were created, and for him all things were created, and by him all things hold together. 
That's the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is why the shepherds were changed. Because when they came and saw what the angels had told and what Isaiah prophesied 200 years before, they looked into the eyes of this newborn baby and they found wonderful. They saw Mighty God. They saw Everlasting Father. And they experienced as they looked into this baby, the Prince of Peace. That's why they were changed. Whenever you experience Jesus, you will be changed forevermore. They were changed. And so I leave this with you. When that truth of who Jesus is begins to go down deep and set you free, I promise you, you will not miss Christmas. You will be changed this Christmas. The fourth thing we see is they worshiped God. They got to worship probably for the first time in their lives because they were cast out of anything that has to do with worship and God. And they're invited now to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords the one that comes to rescue them and to adopt them as sons and daughters. Here's what really rocked me this last week as I was studying for this week. We know what the wise men brought for worship, right? They brought gifts, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. What did the shepherds bring? Their sheep. What did the shepherds bring? They brought Psalms 51, that the Lord doesn't delight in gifts or sacrifices. What the Lord delights in is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And so what the shepherds brought that first Christmas was themselves, their hearts and their lives they laid before the Savior. You see, when we open our hearts to the one who came and left his throne in heaven, who lived the sinless life just like how we would live, but without sin, he was called the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and he died the sinner's death for us when you experience the Christ of Christmas and you fully understand who this baby is, who is now the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, you will worship. You will adore on bended knee and you won't miss Christmas. They stopped and listened. They went. They were intentional about planning. They were changed and they worshiped God. Add those to your Christmas checklist, and I promise you, you won't miss Christmas. Guaranteed. Just like that TV commercial, guaranteed, yeah. It's guaranteed, I, I promise you. God's word never returns empty. 
And so I want to continue that theme as we go into the next point of just practicals of how not to miss Christmas. Three practicals. I would really encourage you to take notes if possible. Write them down, take pictures, snapshots of the screen. Don't miss it, guys. If it's this important not to miss Christmas, do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to not miss it. I'm going to go pretty quick. How to not miss Christmas. We see in the shepherds that they talked about it and they went to everyone and anyone and shared the good news. And you may be saying, look, I don't do evangelism. I don't witness. That's not what I'm talking about. Because you're saying, well, it's really hard for me to talk about that. No, it's not. You talk about your favorite restaurant. You talk about a place that you go and you experience and your kids have a great time. You talk about it. Stepping on some toes. (laughs) We talk about the best deals we're getting online. Got to go to Target. Got to go to Walmart. Got to go and get this deal. You talk about it because it's good. It's exciting. You save money. We talk about the great accomplishments of our kids, and so you should, because it's important. We forward the best new Christmas song and the best new funniest video to everyone. Why? Why? Why do we do that? There's a reason we do that. It's because when we experience something that moves us, something that impresses us, something that we experience that makes us feel good, we're motivated to talk about it. And so, when it comes to Christmas, we get real religious and real stoic and really quiet. (laughs) When you When you experience the baby Jesus, when you experience for yourself the blood that he shed on the cross, when you experience the empty tomb, when you experience his promise to return and make all things right, when that hope gets deep down inside of you, you won't be able to stop talking about it. Hello? You you, you got quiet on me. (laughs) Let that transform us, church. When you experience the most amazing love that casts out all fear, how many want rid of fear? When you experience that kind of love and that peace that passes all understanding, how many want peace? Amen. Amen. When you experience that, you will not be able to talk about anything else. That good news will overwhelm you, soak you, and you want to tell everybody about it. Talk about it. That's why I love, I think the hymnist got it right. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. Yeah, you're going to talk about it. 
And secondly, you're going to really love. When Christmas changes you, you will talk about it and you will begin to really love. Let's look at this passage in Romans 12, one of my favorite passages, and our staff loves this passage. Don't just pretend to love others. Stop it. Really love. Hold tightly to what is good. Hate what is evil. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Love. Jesus says when you love, people will know who you follow. Really love. Well, you're saying, really? Do you know the people I'm going to be hanging out with at Christmas? Do you know the extended relatives that haven't talked to me for two years? And you tell me to really love? Yeah, I am. Because that's what God did. Really love. You see, after you make space for Jesus in your hearts, then you need to make room and make space to love other people. Because if you don't love other people, you're telling people that you don't know anything about the heart of Christmas. Knowledge is the largest 17 inches to your heart. When you experience the truth and the heartbeat of Christmas, you will begin to really love because Christ in you is love. Selfishness, I'm going to speak to several people, I believe, who are hurting this Christmas have broken relationships, broken families, broken marriages, broken hearts. It is real this Christmas for many of you. And so I want to share with you, you are called to love. Selfishness destroys a relationship. But selflessness makes the relationship thrive. Selfishness. If you have Christ in you, selfishness is destroying your relationships. If Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is activated in you, selflessness will make your relationships thrive. And so, friends... It's not always easy to do. Many of times, other people don't act the way we want them or to expect them, and honestly, sometimes they're never going to return the favor. But Jesus doesn't say, when they nail you to the cross, stop loving. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And he took his last breath and died for you and me. Really, love and when you really, really love, when you really love, you will begin to give of yourself. When you love, you will give of yourself. What does that mean? You will give of your time. You will give of your talents, your gifts, your skills. And you will give of your treasures because that's what the shepherds did. They stopped whatever they were doing. They gave their time. They took their talents of what they had and they brought themselves. They brought the treasures of their heart of worship. How are you giving of yourself? 
Because see, if you're not really loving, you can't give of yourself. It's only a part. It's artificial love. It's kind of like what is yours is mine and what is mine is mine. Right? You see, God doesn't need your time. God doesn't need your talents. God doesn't need your treasures. He wants you. And he says this in Matthew, that where your heart is, so will your treasures, so will your time, and so will your talents be. But you see, you can't really love and give of yourself if you don't know the Christ of Christmas. If you haven't been changed by the wonderful counselor, almighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, you can't give what you don't have. So we're going to go to application. In a moment, I'm going to read a poem and then we're going to respond. Mm, Father, just move in our hearts today. Let us be still. Push distractions. Let us hear from you, God. So where is your heart? Where is your heart? Are you giving of yourself? We have a Christmas offering. We do every year. This is why. We want to give of ourselves above and beyond to go to needs in our community and in our world. And I'll give you more information about that in the benediction, but I pray that all of you would get involved in that, not just your normal weekly tithe or whatever you call it, your offering. This is above and beyond because Christmas time is that spirit where we understand that God gave to us and so we're going to give to others. What about taking time to take some cookies? Some of you may do homemade. Some of us may be store-bought. Right? Take some cookies to someone who you know might be lonely during this time. You know, um, I wasn't going to share this. And I don't, I don't want to put any light towards me at all. But this Christmas, I feel like I'm being changed because I feel like I'm experiencing Christmas and I'm finally aligning the right things. And Lauren and I, our neighbors are hurting so bad. He's dying of cancer. It could be any, any day. And she just had a stroke in her right side of her brain. And they tried admitting her and she says, my husband is dying of cancer. I ain't going anywhere. So Lauren and I just, guess what we did? We went and got them an alcoholic drink that they like. And we got them packs of cigarettes. And we got them food. Because we're being Christ. It's loving them right where they're at. It's giving of yourself. Not what you would give to yourself. Lauren had to laugh. She was putting cigarettes in her purse. And she said, I've never touched a bag of cigarettes. <laughs> I only smoked a few. But. Uh. 
Guys, this is what it's about. It's about giving your time, your talents, and your treasures to change them with the good news that Jesus came for them. The lowest of low, the shepherds, those who smoke, those who drink, those who don't have it right, those who drop the F-bomb all the time. Some of you are sitting right here in this room. (laughs) Just getting real, guys. What about finding a family struggling this year and maybe not giving them gifts, maybe giving them time, maybe doing something for them around the yard, their house? What about finding a, going out of your way to show love to someone who doesn't love you back? I have a neighbor like that. What about showing someone love who's not going to return the favor? What about forgiving someone who has hurt you in the past and they're not thinking about forgiving you? This is how you don't miss Christmas. This is how you don't miss Christmas. When Christmas lives inside of you, you will not miss Christmas. So I want to read this poem and then I'm going to ask the band to come up and we are going to get real. We're going to get real, and we're going to respond. This is not on the screen, but I want every ear just honing in. Let's just wake up a little bit, and let's hear the words of this, and let's not miss Christmas. Here's the poem. Let me get in my story, Christmas story narrator pose. "'Twas a month before Christmas." And all through the town, people were preparing many sights and sounds. The shops were getting ready with the greatest of care in hopes that the crowds would all soon be there. The children's excitement was starting to grow with Christmas approaching, and what do you know? Their thoughts were all filling with ideas for presents with lists of Santa and lists for parents. And parents, oh, parents were starting to worry of gifts and food and family. How jolly. But the dread of this Christmas was about to descend on when will this silly season finally end? With all the distraction and all of the stressing, something vital was obviously missing. How did this season lose its truest treasure? How can we get back to joy without measure? We need to return to the scene of delight, that one that, uh, the one that some shepherds beheld that great night. We need to come gaze at this child in a manger, this child who for many is still a stranger. But for us who believe and have received Jesus as Lord, we know that he's the king of creation. He's the king of my heart, and he's the hope for this nation. Let's keep the focus where it squarely should be, on the king who came to save you and me. Please don't lose sight in this gathering mist of presents and feasts and copious lists. Please don't lose sight of the treasure of Christmas, the child who was born, born to save us. Parents, 
Beware of the traps of the season. Focus your children on this season's reason. Help them to delight in the light of the world. In Jesus our Lord, God's mystery unfurled. And so as the band comes up, we're going to respond in worship. And I want to challenge all of you who say in your heart, I don't want to miss Christmas this year. I don't want to miss it. And I don't know what that means for you. Maybe it's asking Jesus to be Lord in your life, opening your heart for the very first time. It could be you opening and making space for him in your schedules, in your families. It may be you coming forward to offer forgiveness once and for all and move forward in freedom and comfort and love. It may be coming with a broken relationship, a broken family, a broken marriage, a broken heart, and just coming forth and say, I don't want to miss it. And as you come forward, you are drawing closer to God, the Christ of Christmas. And all I want you to do, friends, is for each family, and if you want to light your own individual candle, you can. I prepared a lot of candles because I know there's a lot of hearts in here that are missing Christmas. And so all you need to do is simply just light a candle. And before you leave that candle, I want you to look at the flame and I want you to understand what you need to do to not miss Christmas. What is it? Do you need to stop? Do you need to slow down? Do you need to worship? Do you need to reflect? Do you need to talk about it? Do you need to really love? And do you need to give of yourself? This candle is just a representation of your commitment to not miss Christmas. My hope and my desire is that we'd have every candle lit to represent that we have a body here in this community that's not going to miss it. And you may need to lose and sacrifice and drop some things not to miss it. But is the light of the world, the hope and the joy and the peace worth it? I sure hope so. And so band, go ahead and just lead us in worship. Would you bow your heads, please? Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Light of the world. Son of God. Son of man. The Prince of Peace. We don't want to miss you, God. We don't want to miss Christmas. Come and move in our hearts and our lives. And we just show our commitment by just even getting out of our seats, Lord, and just lighting a simple candle to remind us we're not going to miss you, Jesus, this year. We're going to talk about the greatest joy and the greatest life change we've ever experienced. We are going to really love, not by our strength, not by our might, not by our power, but by your spirit. And we're going to give of ourselves until it hurts because that's what you did. And so now just be with us as we respond, Lord. Do supernatural things right now that only comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Respond in worship to the greatness of God in your own way.
Let's worship. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.